Today on the Ward Preacher Podcast, the revelation of the centurion, the vision of Simon Peter, and the purpose of the Abrahamic Covenant. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Ward Preacher Podcast. All right, we're looking in Acts chapters 10 through 15 this week in our Come Follow Me curriculum. Uh, Let's go ahead and get started right at the beginning um, with a certain man named Cornelius, a centurion. um, and, And we'll just go ahead and get started right at the opening of Acts chapter 10. This is how it reads. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian Band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God alway. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. So, Cornelius, visited by an angel, decides, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Sends his servants and a soldier out to Joppa at the command of this angel. Um, So this is kind of significant already, even though uh, the preaching that was being made, certainly by Jesus and also by his apostles, had been really focused on the Jews Already Gentiles, people who were, this was a Roman soldier, um, he was receiving angelic visitations. Just as was prophesied, the Spirit was being poured out on all flesh. Um, And this is a realization of that, uh, even though typically that had been reserved for Israel alone. So Peter, Simon Peter, is in Joppa. And he goes on his roof to uh, pray. And this is what it says. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Kind of an interesting note, this vision repeats three times. This is something that the Lord tends to do for people in certain circumstances 
to emphasize something very important. This isn't just something that was a one-off that could be confused. Even though Peter did not immediately understand it, he knew it came from God and that it was repeated so that he could remember the details, being able to recall the important aspects of it later when he would counsel with the other apostles. So while Peter is pondering this meaning, uh, the men that Cornelius had sent arrive. So Cornelius's men bring Peter back to Caesarea, and Cornelius, when he sees him coming, falls down to worship Peter. Peter instructs him to get up, saying, you know, he's also a man. Uh, he says, you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. It's in verse 28. Cornelius explains his angelic visitation, which Peter perceives as being genuine. Peter takes the opportunity to testify of Christ, as he was commanded by Jesus to do to all the world, uh, according to his calling as an apostle. And the Holy Ghost falls on all those who hear. Those who were with Peter recognize that God wants these people to be baptized too. So it leads us to a question. What was the point of this Abrahamic covenant and Jesus saying, you know, my task is only for the children of Israel? And the whole idea of having a chosen people to begin with if it's going to go to everyone anyway, weren't there a lot of missed opportunities with good people of other nations? Is that something that God missed? Why call for circumcision as a sign of permanent uh, covenant? Why did God invest so much in separating Israel from other nations? if the end result was to bring everyone together. Of course, amidst all of these questions, contentions do arise between those of Jewish descent and those of Greek descent, um, uh, particularly around circumcision. Uh, is this going to be something that's required of these, uh, these Greeks? I mean, certainly it was something that was required of everyone who was going to be a part of Abraham's household, would it not apply anymore? That seemed a difficult thing for a lot of the Jewish people to accept. The Greeks, on the other hand, you know, they thought that they were following Christ, and why were they following this this Abrahamic uh, ritual if uh, if this was not what Christ had preached they needed to do? He preached baptism and the Holy Ghost. Uh, as being important to entering the kingdom of God. So the apostles had to discuss this and determine what the Lord's will was concerning this. Um, as they counseled together, ultimately, they determined that uh, they would not require circumcision, but they would require people to keep all of the basic commandments. They would have to give up idolatry. That's not okay. Uh, they would have to maintain chastity, the law of chastity. They would have to be baptized. 
They'd have to do these basic things. An understanding was made as to what the Lord wanted from his church uh, after Jesus had come. And so they sent that with with uh, servants who were authorized to present this letter from the apostles so that they would know the will of the Lord uh, concerning these questions. Now, of course, um, it does still leave unanswered in the scriptures, maybe the question about why was this ever a thing? Why was circumcision and some of these other covenants ever a thing? But of course, part of these traditions were to uh, prepare a people to recognize Christ, to set them apart as someone who would be different. They were a chosen people, and it was intended that they would recognize the fullness of the gospel, they would have access to the power of the priesthood, and that then they would be able to share that to bless all of the world, that all nations would rise up and call Abraham blessed. Um, so uh, there was a purpose to this, um, and Christ was that purpose, preparing to receive Christ. And of course, in the days of these apostles, Christ had come. Now it was time for the, the house of Israel to fulfill its role in bringing the truth to all people. All people are the children of God. And uh, uniting the human family together to overcome apostasies that had lingered from the days of Noah was one of the primary focuses that God that caused God to choose Abraham and his family. Already Abraham's parents, his father had gone off on an idolatrous path. There were many other people who had fallen into bizarre religions and idolatries of, of all sorts. And it was really just mostly down to Abraham. And so it was all of those traditions meant to preserve that that legacy of faith. Ultimately, even today, though, not all of the purposes of Israel have been completely fulfilled. There are prophecies in the Old and the New Testaments regarding the role of Israel in bringing forth the kingdom of God. That having been said, a major accomplishment was the coming forth of the witnesses of Christ the books in the Bible, which were written by Israelites, and they have become the foundation of Western civilization. Here we have one aspect that is the realization of, of the purposes behind having a chosen people. We got the Bible and this amazing um, revelatory tradition that helps us understand who Jesus is. We got that from the house of Israel. And it would not have been possible for many of the things that have occurred in Western civilization to have occurred without this witness. Um, and just as was testified uh, by the prophet Joel, God is pouring out his spirit upon all men. The call has been issued for people in every walk of life to put off their old ways whether that was the Jews clinging to traditions 
that uh, had been fulfilled, or the Greeks clinging to idolatry or other traditions that they needed to discard. Everyone has a responsibility to get rid of the aspects of their life that are not in harmony with the gospel and become followers of Christ. No wonder the first ordinance of the gospel of Jesus Christ is baptism, this symbol of rebirth, beginning a new life as a follower of Christ. Everyone should do this. So we look at our traditions, the things that have shaped us. Are there things that we can do to better implement the traditions that God would have us support, as opposed to the habits that we have developed? As we consider our devotion to Christ and our covenants with baptism and the sacrament of his supper, it's important for us to consider what traditions we should discard and how we can fulfill the tradition that he would have us do. We appreciate everyone's support for the Ward Preacher podcast. Next week, we will look at Acts chapter 16 through 21, beginning to look at the missionary work of the Apostle Paul. Again, continue to study on your own the material of the Come Follow Me curriculum. And as always, fight on. Thank you.